0: Well, it's great to see you, particularly if it's your first time joining with us for HDC's online service. And I'm going to start by reading a passage from Luke's Gospel. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man... Rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, I've just read you there a story that Jesus told, but let me start by telling you two more stories. The first story is a story of a sickening act that lasted eight minutes and 46 seconds. A sickening story of one white man, an officer of the law, kneeling on the neck of another black man, extinguishing the black man's life as the man calls out, I can't breathe. A story that has led to right anger and pain in the last six weeks and has also led to listening and learning and discussion and action in the last weeks about how to overcome the problem of racism that still exists in this country and across the globe. That's the first story. The second story that I want to tell you about is the story of God. A story of a God who created the world, who sent his son, the Lord Jesus, into this world to to live a life you and I could not live and to die a death in our place. Who rose again, ascending into heaven, and a God who in Jesus will in the future bring all things together in a new creation, an eternity free from suffering and mourning and crying and pain and death. And the question I want to look at today is this. How does that second story about God help us in sorting out the first story about racism? Why is God, if he exists, why is God good news in overcoming racism? So first, let's define racism. The book that has been number one on the Amazon bestseller list, I think all the time since the killing of George Floyd, that book is Renie Edo-Lodge's Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. And in it, she describes her experience of racism as being the victim of, I quote, a lifetime of subtle marginalization and othering. Othering that comes from a combination of prejudice and power. Power to impact other people's lives negatively. So both individual but also institutional racism. And as I've reflected, that this idea of othering, it seems to be the root behind all racism. Because we, we want to justify ourselves. We all do. We want to justify ourselves before other people. Ultimately, we want to justify ourselves before God. And one of the ways we look to justify ourselves is by othering. By choosing a group of people, other people, to define ourselves against. By declaring in our words or in our actions, consciously or unconsciously, declaring that we are superior to them. That they are inferior to us. And the bit that I read in the Bible is perhaps one of the most famous stories in the Bible of othering. It's a comedy sketch, isn't it, from Jesus? A comedy sketch of this story of two men, complete chalk and cheese. They go to the temple, both of them to pray one's a tax collector he's reviled in society he's stealing money he's the lowest of the low he's deeply immoral the other is a pharisee he's respectable he's polite he's moral and what does this pharisee pray he prays God I thank you that I'm not like the other people I'm not like the robbers the evildoers the adulterers or even like this tax collector you know here is someone othering someone else justifying himself before God by saying that he is superior to them, the other. Now, this parable, it's not racial othering, but racism is certainly one form of othering, isn't it? It's a particularly hideous form of it, saying, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people who are a different race to me. So that's racism. It's prejudice and power displayed through othering, along racial lines and the question our question today is why is God good news in overcoming that so let's define overcoming we don't need to spend long on this one but think of Martin Luther King's famous speech we shall overcome he was picking up what he called the theme song of the civil rights movement we shall overcome And racism needs to be overcome. We can't just be neutral and silent about it. We need to be anti-racist. But the real question is, why is God good news in overcoming racism? Why is God good news? I mean, even the suggestion that God might be good news is outrageous to some people. I mean, just think, didn't the church support and financially benefit from slavery for so many years, even after Wilberforce's abolition of the slave trade? And today, isn't the fact that there are so many black majority churches because when the people in the Windrush generation, when they came over to this country, they weren't exactly given a warm welcome in Church of England churches, so they had to set up their own churches. It's a damning legacy. And yet, for Martin Luther King... God was the key driver in his desire to overcome racism. Or or in this country, less well-known, Dr Harold Moody. was born in Jamaica in 1882. He came to this country in his 20s to advance his education, to become a doctor. He set up the League of Coloured Peoples in 1931. And as Renieto Lodge writes, she says this. She says, although he'd faced overt acts of racist discrimination, it was his Christianity rather than his politics that drew Dr Moody to his activism. For him, racism was a religious issue. So to try and answer this question, let me take the four main planks that make up this story about God. The four main planks are creation, fall, rescue, new creation. And I'm going to take each of them in turn and look at how each of them helps us in overcoming racism. So here's the first plank, creation, the belief that God created the world. Now that, this may sound simplistic, but there are only two logical options concerning this world that we live in. Either nothing created something out of nothing, or God created something out of nothing. And the question is, does it make any difference to tackling racism as to which of those two is right? Well, remember Richard Dawkins' famous quote about a universe without God, about what it is the truth if nothing created something out of nothing this is what Richard Dawkins says he says you won't find any rhyme or reason in the universe nor any justice the universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design no purpose no evil no good nothing but pitiless indifference People can dress it up all they want, but if there is no God, says Dawkins, then we have no ultimate reason to strive for justice. And if we're looking to overcome racism, but we have a worldview that doesn't demand justice, but just sort of has a desire for it, then we're in a big problem. And that's why God is good news in overcoming racism, because God, he is the God of justice. He is the reason we must work for justice in this world, including working for racial justice. God's existence is the only reason we can demand justice. Now, the second plank in the story of God after creation is the fall. The view that humans, we've become out of kilter with God. And as a result, we become out of kilter with one another. You see, all of us are worshippers. Every human being, we live for something, but the question is, what do we worship? All of us, we attach our identity, our purpose, our sense of well-being to that thing that we worship, that thing that we love most of all. And the problem comes when we're seeking to get horizontally from the creation what we were only ever meant to get vertically from the creator. Let me explain. If my highest love, if if the thing I worship is my family, then I will privilege my family over others. If it's my work, I'll privilege my work over others. If it's my racial group, I'll privilege my race over others. If it's my selfish interests that I worship most, I will privilege myself over others. You see, the result of sin, which is ultimately worshipping, loving anything else more than God, The result of sin is that humanity, it becomes divided because we prefer one group over another group. But what happens if instead, if instead you worship God most of all, if God is your number one love, what happens then? Well, rather than a tendency towards division, there is a tendency towards unity. Because as we worship God first and foremost, we understand and we understand, as is said throughout the Bible, that every human being has been made in the image of God. That all humans have equal dignity, equal worth in God's eyes, whatever our colour or class or capabilities. And that means that God, he is good news in overcoming racism because God, he is the God of equality. The ultimate race that we all belong to is the human race. That's what Acts 17:26 tells us. Not the black race or the white race or the brown race, but the human race. God is the God of equality. The third plank in the story of God is rescue. Rescue. You see, the central message of the Christian faith is one of rescue. If I was forced to choose another symbol for Christianity instead of the cross, you know what I would choose? I wouldn't choose a crypt. I wouldn't choose a Bible. I wouldn't choose a servant's towel. I wouldn't choose a kingly crown. No, I'd actually choose, the symbol I'd choose, if I had to get rid of the cross and choose another symbol, the the symbol I'd choose would be the symbol of a lifeguard's rescue ring. Because Christianity, it is all about rescue. Rescuing you and I from the just punishment that we all deserve for our rejection of God. And how did that rescue take place? Well, God in Christ took our place on the cross. He took our sin. But what's the result of this rescue act on the cross? Well, the the best way to summarise it is reconciliation. Two opposing camps brought together as one. In Ephesians 2, Paul talks about Jesus' death on the cross, destroying the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility that existed between Jew and Gentile, which was the ultimate racial tension of the day. And then this is how Paul continues. He says this. He says, Jesus's purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Do you see what Paul's saying there? He's saying that through Jesus's rescue act on the cross, all of us, we can all be reconciled to God and we can be reconciled to each other as one new humanity. God, he is the God of reconciliation. And that is such good news in overcoming racism. Where the danger is racial hostility, Jesus' death encourages racial harmony. He restores relationships with people and groups that we've mistreated or that we've been mistreated by. And then the final plank. The final plank in the story of God, it is the new creation. The belief that this world is not all there is, that a glorious future awaits So the future is not I die and then I rot, but with God, an eternal future. Guaranteed through Jesus' resurrection of the dead, a future with no mourning or crying or pain or death. A future where racial diversity is not erased, but it is celebrated. I was really struck by a short video I saw the other day of a local South London boxing club interviewing various teenagers that go to the boxing club about their thoughts following George Floyd's death. And its summary statement written on the video it was this. It said, all of them are angry and upset, but not all of them have hope. And that's the problem, isn't it? There are so many reasons not to be hopeful about the future. The problems seem so big. Some people seem so unwilling to change. The issue seems so complex and so ingrained. Shay Lin, he's a black hip-hop artist in the US and he's a Christian. And I was really struck by something he wrote. This is what he said. Though I'm deeply grieved, I'm not without hope. Personally, I have little confidence in our government or policymakers to change the systemic factors that contributed to the George Floyd situation. But my hope isn't in the government. My hope is in the Lord. And that is why God is good news in overcoming racism, because God is the God of hope. You see, whoever we are, whatever the present is like, whatever the colour of our skin, we know that ultimately, if we're trusting in Jesus, the future, it will be better. Now, you may be saying, well, that's all well and good, Jago. All that you've shared there, that's, that's fine. But what about the coming weeks? What about the coming months when, when social media has moved on from talking about racism? What about when it's hashtag something else rather than hashtag Black Lives Matter? What then? And yes, there is so much that can be said uh, for HDC, We've uh, you know, begun our contribution. You can read about it on, on our website, on our justice page. But here is the danger for all of us in our response to overcoming racism. I think the danger is this. What happens is this. We say these are the actions that people must take to overcome racism. These are the actions we say. We sort of have a list of them. You know, read this, watch this, march here, sign this petition, topple this statue, speak out here, do this, do that, do whatever. And then those who get it. Those of us who are actively anti-racist, we start acting consciously, or more often unconsciously, we start acting as though we are morally superior to those who are racist or those who are indifferent to the effects of racism. And that is deeply dangerous. Do you see why? Because let's be honest, what's going on here, what's going on is here is that we are othering people that are not as anti-racist as us. And remember that definition of, of racism? Racism is about othering people. You see, in those feelings of superiority that we start having over others, there are the same types of feelings that exist in racism, the very thing that we are seeking to eradicate. In seeking to overcome one form of othering, racism, we tend to start displaying in another form of othering, moral superiority. And so here is why God is ultimately good news in overcoming racism. Because God allows us to recognise our common imperfect humanity. All of us, that we're all made in the image of God, but we are all flawed too. You see, if God God were just a God of justice and a God of equality, then we would all be facing God's just judgement for the ways that we all act like the Pharisee. Where all of us, where we start thinking that we are superior to others through racism or we start thinking that through moral superiority. And yet the great news is that God, he's not just a God of justice and equality, but he's a God of reconciliation. You see, Jesus, Jesus became the other for us on the cross. If racism is the exclusion of the other, on the cross, Jesus, he was excluded so that we might be included. If racism, if it is superiority over the other, on the cross Jesus chose to become inferior so that we might be lifted up. If racism, if it is hostility towards the other, on the cross Jesus faced God's holy hostility so that you and I, we might be wholly reconciled to God. Friends, it is as you and I, as we align ourselves not with the Pharisee, but with the tax collector. As we say, just as the worst racist needs to say, as we all say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It is then that we go home justified before God. Look at verse 14 again. Jesus summarises. The end of his story, he says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, the Pharisee, Do you see that? The one who's been doing all the othering, the Pharisee, he gets called an other by Jesus. Jesus says, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, this man went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus tells us, he tells you, he tells me that when we align ourselves with the tax collector when we recognize our need for mercy before god it is then that we will act for an end to racism and we'll act for an end to racism not from a position of moral superiority like the pharisee but will act for an end to racism from a place of hopeful action of hopeful action as we depend on God as we depend on God just like the tax collector depended on God we will act with hopeful action as we depend on God our God who is the God of justice and equality and reconciliation and hope Well, first of all, I'd love to lead us in a prayer this morning. For those who are listening and saying, let's be honest, I know I'm a bit like the Pharisee. I know I'm too often justifying myself before God, before others, by saying I am better than others. Whether that's through racism or, more likely, whether that's through moral superiority. And maybe you're saying this morning, you say, I recognise that God is the one I need to turn to today. Maybe for the very first time I need to come before God like the tax collector and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, I am equal to everyone else and I am in need of your rescue, God. And if that's you... If you want to come before God, like the tax collector saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. If you want to be justified before God, not because of your great moral actions, but because of God's perfect action for you in Jesus on the cross. Then why don't you right now pray this prayer with me that I'm going to pray. It's going to come up on the screen. Lord God, I come to you today and say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me for turning my back on you and othering people to try and justify myself. Thank you for, in Christ, taking on yourself at the cross all your right hostility at my sin so that I can be reconciled with you. God, please come into my life by your Spirit and fill me with your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I would so love you to get in touch. Please do just press the button that says I'd like prayer on the website page or just email us at admin at holytrinityclapham.org. And then for all of us, for all of us, whoever we are, we, each of us, we need God to be at work in us, don't we? We need God to be at work in us and use us in overcoming racism. So let me pray for us all. Lord God, thank you that you are the God of justice and equality and reconciliation and hope. Thank you that we are all equal at the foot of the cross, whatever the colour of our skin. And Lord God, we pray that you would fill each one of us with your spirit right now, that we might be those who humble ourselves before you, that we might be those who delight in your mercy, that we might be those who are used by you to help there be justice in this world and God would you forgive us forgive us where we have othered other people whether we've done that consciously or whether we've done that subconsciously wherever we've been guilty of prejudice and discrimination Lord God by the power of your spirit would you uncover our blind spots And Lord, would you help each one of us in our particular spheres of influence, would you help us to be those that encourage racial justice and racial harmony? In Jesus' name we pray.